Welcome back, listeners and subscribers, to For Your Amusement, the podcast where we discuss theme parks all around the country, all for your amusement. I'm here with my friends Nick and Nolan. Guys, welcome. So what is up? If I was thinking about this earlier today, and I read that Harry Potter turned 20, and I'm not that old. But goddamn, that makes me feel ancient. Because I, I remember going, I remember going to see every single one in the theaters, waiting out in lines. What nowadays you don't even have to buy tickets at the theaters; you can just get them on your phone. But it was like a whole big event. Um, Kyle, when Spider-Man you were a kid, do you, yeah, it's Spider-Man <laughs> trailer. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kyle, do you remember if you were reading the books before you saw the movies, or did you see a movie first and then hop into the books? No, I read the books first, and actually, yeah, I read them with my mom um, when I was really young, like five or six, and um, and I started to read, you know, read them also when I got older. Um, but it was funny because I remember going to the book premieres at midnight. They would release the books, mm-hmm. you know, literally had huge midnight parties at like bookstores. That was like the coolest thing. I remember that, man. You're you're a true a true OG. Do you have how many sets of of Harry Potter books do you have? Just one, or do you have multiple? I have well, so I have the regular set, so like you know, re, you know, regular books, and then I also have them on my Kindle. Ah, okay. So do you have? This is the the million dollar question. Do you have any first editions? No, I wish. Could you imagine? Oh, yeah. Those are worth <laughs> so much right now. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, Nolan, did you uh, – same question. Did you hit the books or did you hit the movies first? Uh, Definitely movies. I think <laughs> I think I have bought the first four uh, books and, like, I I think I read, like, ten pages. <laughs> <laughs> Good intentions. Yeah, I, I just – yeah. It was more like a collecting sort of thing. Gotcha. You still have it, right? I hope. Uh, there's somewhere, yeah, but I, Alana has all eight, or whatever, nine, whatever the number is. Gotcha. Alright, so, Harry Potter, obviously, it's a huge thing in pop culture. Uh, globally, it's a, a giant, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, franchise. But, I mean, it's made its way into theme parks, and obviously, with the new Epic Universe, they're gonna have a land, a section of the park dedicated to Harry Potter. Now, originally, when they were coming up with um, uh, rumors for if it was going to be based on the original series or Fantastic Beasts, they were leaning more towards Fantastic Beasts. But now we're getting a re-updated rumor that they're going to do away with the Fantastic Beasts and, I guess, continue with uh, the traditional Harry Potter story. Kyle, do you know exactly what they're going to do? So, I mean... According to the latest rumors that they're supposed to own, they're supposed to do away with Fantastic Beasts and only go to Harry Potter, which which makes sense because the last one, the last or the second movie for the Fantastic Beasts did not do well. People didn't like it. It just was overstuffed. And, you know, it um, so I think the safer bet is to just go with the regular Harry Potter stuff. I agree with that 100%. So, uh, there was a, Nolan, uh, interrupt me if I'm, if I fuck this up. So I guess they were supposed to put the VR, uh, I 
think it was supposed to be a broomstick ride or experience as the uh, smaller attraction within the Wizarding World area. And supposedly they scrapped that idea and they're going to put that where the Fear Factor building is located in Universal, which they just shut down. So uh, I know Kyle lives in New York and they have that experience up there, but obviously it's not going to be what Universal would create. So are you guys happy that they decided to scrap Fantastic Beasts? Nolan, you want to go first? I mean, I haven't seen it, um, so I don't really have as much of a leeway. But, I mean, I think it was a smarter move just for marketing purposes. You know, I mean, I think if they just keep it Harry Potter and it'd be easier, easier to market, easier for merchandise, all that. And also, like, it's a lot more kind of easier especially in the marketing for theme parks where they have all three be like oh i don't know if you could go to hogwarts at uh universal go to diagon alley and and here you go to the ministry of magic you know instead of having like a fantastic beast sort of in between of all of that it, it kind of really didn't really make sense unless it was like enormously popular yeah i mean personally i'm very happy that they're scrapping it uh, or potentially scrapping it just because the Harry Potter books and movies are so much better than the Fantastic Beast movies. Um, I, I know we have supposed to have three more movies coming, um, but I just was not a huge fan of the second one. Um, they just, they went off track with it. Um, even the first one I liked, but it, it didn't come close to be feeling like an actual Harry Potter movie, you know? So I, I just think this is the safer move and it's probably the better move for fans. Yeah, Kyle, I think you hit it on the head with the the feeling thing. I remember seeing Fantastic Beasts and being excited to go see it. Oh, we're getting a continuation of Harry Potter. And I walked out and I kind of felt empty. It kind of just felt like a uh, the red-headed stepchild, I guess, of Harry Potter. Um, the second one was uh, fucking terrible. Um, Nolan, just save your eyes and don't watch them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. The uh, the main show building that they're going to put for the biggest attraction in the Wizarding World area for Epic Universe is supposedly the biggest show building or e-ticket attraction within Epic Universe, which can be one of two things, either exciting and groundbreaking or disappointing. And I highly doubt it's going to be disappointing. So everybody – remember, what we're talking about here are strictly rumors. There's nothing set in stone. Nothing's been officially announced. This is all based on people digging into patents and permits. So I see some things here. There's an article that, that uh, was on uh, Orlando Park Stop, and there's rumors for the possible attraction being set in the, the uh, Ministry of Magic, which is absolutely – based on this concept art, concept art is always far better than the actual um, delivery, but – it looks incredible, and from what they did with Gringotts and what they did with Hogsmeade and Hagrid's, and detail I think is going to be on point. Now, who, you know, it's fun to look at shit, but the ride itself, let's talk about the ride itself. There's supposedly a patent that Universal implemented that is going to have a ride system sort of similar to Confrontation is what a lot of people are saying. So it's a suspended ride system that can be independently raised and lowered. Um, I guess it kind of looks like based on three different wenches or, or pulleys, which is really awesome. Now, the KUKA arm that they put in the Forbidden Journey ride is was a revolutionary piece of technology, and I think Universal has the patent for that, so no, nobody else can use it. Now, based on this um, ride system, 
do you guys feel like this is going to do justice to their ideas, or do you think that they should have gone a more traditional trackless uh, Disney-style ride system? Um, so, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm excited to see what it's, you know, what this is going to be. Um, I don't think that, I mean, the track list could be cool, but at the same time, it, uh, it's not like the greatest thing in the world. Like, like, um, you know, when I went on the Star Wars ride, uh, that was trackless and it was very cool, but at the same time, it didn't make it like a better ride, if that makes sense. Like, I, like, I'd much rather ride Harry Potter, and obviously I'm biased, but, like, I think Harry Potter overall is, either one of them is a better ride. Um, so, and I think it all depends on what they do with the ride itself, um, and also the story. And just one thing I just wanted to mention, I think they'd, they'd be best served if they set the story, um, like what they did with Fringots, where it's, like, part of, like, what happens in the movies, like, they had, like, the, the climax of the fifth movie was in uh, Ministry of Magic. Uh, in this, the seventh movie, they had a huge um, scene where they're breaking into the uh, Ministry of Magic. So, I mean, any of those, I mean, if they, they take, you know, take that um, as a basis, I think that would really work. Nolan? Yeah, it's very interesting because when I think of kind of, like, a trackless ride system... Um, I think they've done an extraordinary job in that department with the Harry Potter rides. Um, I think Gringotts could have been a little bit better. I mean, I love the ride, but um, it could have been a little bit better in that department with the theatrics and all that. Um, but I think if they decided to do that again, it's kind of you're on a thin line because you kind of have to do something a little bit different, which I think is kind of what they're leaning towards. And supposedly with the, uh, what you were talking about, the levy system, the confrontation, and using the flying car, which is something that they really don't, um, acknowledge in any of the parks. <laughs> and I think, I think it's only in the, uh, um, Hagrid's queue, is that correct? Or am I imagining things? Is it still there? I thought they took it out. They might have okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did take it out. They had it before. That's what I was thinking of. So they what, what don't have any? I missed what you. Via, what what the they have flying car? Oh, okay. so they, they used to have it at uh before Hagrid's uh, Dueling Dragons or whatever they whatever uh, they called it before. So they didn't really yeah. acknowledge that, and that's like a big part of Harry Potter and like the magic and just like it's a cool aspect of the actual series, and I think putting that into the theme park and. I mean, just imagining yourself kind of going up and down and, like, moving on, like, a, like, this ride, and it's, like, you're in, like, because I, when I think of that, I think of, like, when you're in the, uh, um, Whomping Will section of the, like, mm. the, uh, mm. wooden journey, so you kind of put it in that aspect and go throughout, like, a whole five-minute ride and, like, that sort of kind of scenario, I think that'd be, like, hella dope. The only thing that, like, I think might be a problem is, like, you're running into the issue where it's like kind of a little bit too much Harry Potter, which obviously some people don't mind, but there's only so many stories and kind of things you can do. So you, they might, they have to do something that's like creative and different than storyline that they haven't done before. That's a good point. Cause they could, it's sort of like an IP trap, I guess, because like, yeah, they have Jurassic Park and 
and E.T. and some, like, big anchors, but nothing is as big as Harry Potter. Like, Harry Potter literally revived Universal from the depths and put them on Disney's coattails, basically. Now they caught up as far as uh, technology goes because, Kyle, mm-hmm. back to what you were saying about the trackless ride systems, at this point, it's kind of like dusty technology because we've seen it so many times. It's like a boat ride at Disney. Like, how many fucking boat rides do we need? You know right, I mean? exactly. So I guess the whole idea with creating a ride system and why it's so important is because at the end of the day, it's how do you tell a story to guess without confusing them? So, like, I love the idea of putting, like, a traditional, like, steel coaster with Hagrid's, but you're actively riding his motorcycle. And obviously things go haywire. That's the whole point of a ride, the climax and everything. But just putting you in that scenario, it changes the whole dynamic because they could have just put you in a traditional uh, over-the-shoulder restraint and just sent you through mm-hmm. it, and it wouldn't feel the same. So I ha- Nolan was talking about the, the flying car earlier, and this ride system makes a lot of sense with having the ability to change levels quickly, to bank quickly. And this was sort of something that they were uh, – what's the word i guess have had rumored with axing poseidon's fury and having it as a zelda boat ride that was going to start as a boat ride and then you would end up going over a waterfall and sort of be flying like that that's sort of like the same like idea that i have in my head and i really love the immersion that universal has created with the ride systems as being an anchor for storytelling like with mm-hmm. gringotts they have that mine cart so you really do feel like you're part of and escape you really do feel like you're part of the story and i'm really really excited to see what they do because they're taking a risk here and risks usually have big rewards and i don't think they're going to fuck this up so i'm super super freaking excited for this um uh yeah going back oh go ahead Kyle. oh oh sorry nick i just want to say something real quick you hit it right on the head especially like when you think about um the original harry potter ride and like that ride system where you know you have the arm and it kind of, you know, it makes you feel like you're flying. And, like, that was a huge part of the story. Like, that was a huge risk. And then it paid off immensely, obviously. So, like, things like that, you know, immerse, you know immersing you in the story like that is, you know, always pays off. I mean, even going yeah, back just to the uh, 90s. Oh, go ahead. My bad. My bad. I was going to say real quick, um, what Kyle was saying, I honestly, in my opinion, um, I don't think there was one ride besides Forbidden Journey where the first time I got on it and off it, I was, like, absolutely blown away of like technology and that mm. that it just it stuck in my head i remember just going on it for the first time and like there's obviously a lot better rides and stuff but like it was so much creative just direction in that it's it's wild but it, that's okay now here's an interesting uh thing that you just brought up so now when you're sitting in a in a design room and trying to understand how to wow guess that wow factor has been amplified by 20,000 percent because mm-hmm. when did forbidden journey ride, journey uh come out 2010 ish yeah something like that Somewhere so right, that's yeah. been that's been 10 11 years since that opened technology's changed immensely but also the expectations for guests now has been set so much higher because they expect that to be the bare minimum now for what we're going to get so it kind of you can kind of put yourself into a trap, but I don't I don't think they're in a trap at all. I think this is just uh, competition is everything, and I think they're going to outdo themselves with this again. So super super excited. Um, really quick, is the flying car in the very beginning of 
the Forbidden Journey ride, or am I thinking of something different? I think they show it, right? I think they do yeah, show it. On but, screen. Yeah, but to Nolan's point, it would be great to actually be in the car. Agreed. Like, I mean, what I'm envisioning even is like, um, you know, similar to like a Soren or like what they did for uh, the new Avatar ride, where like yeah. you're, you kind of like feel like you're flying on that, you know, and you're up in the air. Yeah, he actually would be moving, which is like kind of wicked to think about. Right. Like, it's not a simulation. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. So also, are you done with that portion? I was gonna go into like the other side and expand yeah, into that. No, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, because they asked me VR, well, they didn't ask it, but they moved it. So they have a whole portion of the uh, Harry Potter section, which is maybe for Harry Potter, maybe for other things. But how do you guys feel with, I mean, we know that um, Nintendo, I'm not sure if they'll have Donkey Kong, but they'll have at least two. Um, There's one ride, I think, in the Monsters Land, if they have that. But, I mean, I, I don't see a lot of potential rides, per se, opening day that I could think of. You know, I think they might a little low in that department, which, I mean, I get, you know, like, there's a lot of expansion here and there, but um, I wouldn't be opposed to it as long as they hit it out the park. Um, this is actually a really interesting thought. Um, I was I was asking this, how many rides did you guys think were going to be uh, ready to ride on opening day? And like Nolan was saying, it's nice for them to have that ability to uh base guess engagement and then go forward with building something new rather than building like fast and the furious rather than building and waiting for guest reaction so like let's say they build something and you can hear guest chatter saying oh i wish they had this i wish they had that they could change things completely which you know when you haven't broken ground yet that's still a thing when it's just on paper but god forbid they build something and it's subpar or they build this this uh What's the freaking other IP that they have in there? Uh, How to Train Your Dragon. And that <laughs> coaster is just like something that you've been on a million times. Like, it's just going to put it, especially what they did with the Velocicoaster, like they're going to put themselves in a corner. And I don't know. I know we've talked about this before and we haven't been on it, but that that uh, Mario Kart ride, I don't know, man. I think they could have done a little bit better with that. Yeah, I mean, look, to you know, to your point, I mean, the fact that they would only have, let's say, five rides, I mean, mm. is that what it, something like that? that I think it would be, I think you'd say ten. Ten? Okay, that would be better. Um, that would be good. I'm good with that. Yeah, that would be better, right. So, because when you think about it, you have to have enough rides to spread people out. Because if mm-hmm. there's only, like, you know, ten rides or less, I mean, I guess ten rides are fine, but, like, you know, people are going to be stuck on, you know, waiting online for that park for, I don't know, at least six months, you know, where, like, it's going to be an influx of people wanting, to, you know, to have the, be in that park. And you need to be able to spread people out so that they're not waiting more than the 20 hours they're already going to wait. And and also, like, you need other things for people to do also, you know, like, at that park. So I'm hoping that they have they have at least 10. I mean, more than 10 would be awesome. Um I don't know. I guess we'll see, but that's my thought. Yeah, that's that's uh, no. Actually, no. Let me let me hear your thoughts on this. On 
what the amount of rides? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty much under. I'm always a less is more type of guy. I believe if your product or whatever you have is out of this park, bonkers, you know. Like if you even just like think of it as like a a scoop of ice cream, you know. Would you rather have one amazing scoop of ice cream or you would rather have three? So like I think if they had that same concept where they knocked it out the park, and it's not saying that they're gonna have just that many forever. They're gonna have they have so much land to expand. And I think maybe kind of like think of it like in the Harry Potter portion. Say they built this amazing ride and then the one that they built next to it was based off like Fantastic Beasts and it was like kind of subpar. Like that'd be kind of shitty, you know? So I think if they kind of keep it uh, not small, but a little in the in the middle and just kind of just killed it, I think that's kind of their sweet spot. Because like based off rumors, like I know in the Monsters Land they'll have like Supposedly, the, the Creature from Black Lagoon ride, which is pretty cool based off like what I've heard. There's different other expansion things that they've been talking about, and I think I think that's the way, in my opinion. But I do I do agree with um, them moving the VR ride to Universal because, like I've been saying, I think a couple podcasts ago, um, Universal has to up it up because if they don't then it's kind of going to stick out like a sore thumb because you have Island, which has an amazing five, five lands now because of the additions. And Universal is, I used to love Universal way more than Islands, but it's just, they have to up it a little bit. And I think going this route with the VR, which is a huge boost to them, um, they just got to, I think one or two more improvements, I think, will really step them up. I agree 100%. Um, Kyle, you made an interesting point about spreading guests out and wait times. I have a feeling regardless of what they do, there's going to be one ride that's just going to be the thing to go on, and that's all people are going to wait for. <laughs> yeah. Come on, um, Yeah, right? I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it seems like what, they're going to have enough uh, e-tickets to spread people out between Super Mario, Monsters, that roller coaster, How to Train Your Dragon, Harry Potter. I, I I think I'm just super excited to see what they're gonna unveil because we've been talking about this for so long. And I remember when they announced it, and then they announced it was gonna be delayed, and we thought it wasn't gonna happen, and then it is happening. And, and huh. I don't know. It's just it's fun to go on this like little, not to use the pun, but to go on this ride with these like sort of emotions of like, oh, we're gonna get it. Oh, we're not gonna get it. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's just, that's just always a good time. Rumors are awesome. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and it's surreal too because like we're growing up in like the prime age, you know. And uh, right. growing up earlier, it was just like it took like twenty years to get like a new ride, and now it's just like insane. And I know like how excited we get for just like one ride opening, right. but imagining like a whole new park with like out of this world technology breaking like the barriers, you know, which is it's just insane to think about. But yeah. it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting though from a financial perspective. Like they're putting a lot of money just on the table and hoping that it works. <laughs> like God forbid they put all this out there, and it just doesn't pay off. <laughs> that would be so shitty. Oh my God. Um, what well, were you gonna say, well, Kyle? I cut you off. Yeah, my bad. No, no problem. No problem. But to your point, 
like that's that's why they're having the Harry Potter land and why they're going back to the original Harry Potter, or at least we think, just because you know like if they if they do it well and they have like a big new ticket attraction, like people are going to come for the Harry Potter world. Agreed, one hundred percent. Oh, good. Sorry. Oh no, you you can go first, and I'll, I'll have another point. One really really quick. It's always fun when they build lands like this because to immerse you in it, they come out with food and drinks, and we mm-hmm. all love to try that stuff. So I'm super excited to see what they come out with there. So that was just a random side point. Anyway, what were you yeah, say? no, and and like Harry Potter, especially like they have so many food and drinks that like they haven't touched on yet. So I think that they could really you know make a dent. Um, Is there one yeah, off the top of your head that you haven't tried that you want to see uh, them bring back? So I've always wanted to try like the in the sixth movie. There's um they have this like ice cream party. Um, and I've always wanted it to try, like, that ice cream looked unbelievable, and I know they have, like, you know, the butterbeer ice cream, but this, like, was different, and, like, it, it just looked amazing. I wanted to try that, so hopefully they do something like that. Never go wrong with ice cream. Love that. Yeah. The, um, the uh, the toffee and apple. That's a sleeper. No facts. The toffee and apple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so just one, one of the points that I wanted to make before um, we move on was just that the fact that when we were talking about, like, Nick, you mentioned how if they they have so many different properties that they can do well on. And if they do, I think that that would really help to spread people out in the park. Like, yeah, probably most people are going to be waiting for Harry Potter. But if they really hit, um, you know, Nintendo, you know, Super Mario Brothers on the head, if they really do, um, you know, monsters well, um, we've already seen great concepts in the past for how to train your dragon. Like they really do those well. Like I think people will want to go on those rides, and it'll make the line shorter. Agreed, one hundred percent. Nolan, you got any more thoughts on this? Uh, I'm Gooch, I believe. All right. So uh, when I was in Disney. In January of 2020, just before COVID, I hadn't been there in forever. So I'm in Magic Kingdom and I walk up to a cast member and I was like, hey, do you know where the Mickey's Toontown area is? And he looks at me with his cheeky ass smile and he's like, dude, they're gone. And I was like, what do you mean they're gone? That's my freaking childhood. He's like, yeah, they replaced it with Ariel. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So obviously, if you grew up in... uh. Florida, or you grew up visiting Disney regularly, obviously you know what Toontown was to Magic Kingdom, what Toontown was to Disney. You were be able, you were able to walk through Mickey Mouse's house. It had details of, of everything that was lived in. It was a really, really awesome experience that they had, and they took it away for an unnecessary reason. But anyway, <laughs> if you're in California, you're in luck, because Disney's Toontown is getting... Is it a facelift, or are they just building it from the ground up? I believe it is a facelift. Okay. But they're adding a lot of cool things, supposedly. Okay. So, the it actually looks like a really big area from what I've seen in, in pictures and whatnot. Um, let me see if I can pull this article up really fast, get some details yeah, so, here. So, they're adding... Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, um, wow. like a whole uh, park, um, and then they have a bunch of experiences within the park. But, I mean, the pictures that they, they show are, like, pretty cool. 
So it's opening. It's opening soon. It's opening in 2023. I'm assuming probably towards the end of the year. Um, in December, I will go on officially go on Mickey and Minnie's, and I will tell you guys firsthand how it is. Um, that ride looks amazing. I'm so jealous. It, it does look like so much fun, and I've been trying to get on that damn thing for so long, and the lines <laughs> have been just too long for me to wait it out. Um, uh, so yeah, right. So it says. <laughs> Honestly, this was a pretty quick closure. So it says they it closed in March of 2020. It's going to close in March of 2022 and open almost a, basically a year later. So I don't, I don't know how they're going to be able to do that that fast. Does that make sense? Um, I mean, most of it, I believe, is just a lot of interactive things and just kind of building. And okay. the main attraction they already have in uh. MGM or Hollywood Studios, so it won't really be anything that they haven't done. So maybe that's probably why it shouldn't take too long. Well, if you think also about like Mummy is supposed to get like a huge facelift, and that's saying six months, right? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It's true. Um, I did they did they have uh, the uh, Barnstorm coaster? Do you remember that, Nolan? Uh, was that was that near? Uh, yeah, was that near the Toontown area? Was that attached? To yeah, it? yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like Nick was talking about. Like that was probably one of the coolest sections or stuff that like I remember. Even because I haven't been in business so long, but even as a kid, I remember going into that so much. They had so many cool things, and maybe because I was a kid, I liked it way more. But. <laughs> Um, it was just such a cool area. It was just kind of like you were like in a cartoon, you know, and it was just so interactive. They had so many things. And I mean, getting rid of that for something kind of stupid is not the way, but hey, that's why Disney is where it's at. <laughs> Kyle, did you, were you able to, to experience that? Do you remember that at all? I, I don't at all, actually. Um, I know I went to Disney a couple times when I was really young. Uh, I must have gone in, but I don't remember it at all. It's one of those things where, like, I'm a kind of like a sucker for architecture in general, but it's so weird because you don't see anything like this in the real world. Like, nobody fucking builds a house that looks like this. <laughs> so everything sort of has that, like, caricature feel. Everything is super exaggerated and stretched and squashed. And it just – it was so fun to be able to – Sort of like, I don't want to say live in that for like the few moments that you're in there, but it really was like something you can't find outside of the Disney parks. And that's what makes theme parks so great is when you, you know, it's expensive to go to these things, especially now. But I mean, where the fuck else are you going to be able to do that? Mm -hmm. That's that's the beauty of it. So I'm kind of sad that they axed it, but maybe one day my dreams will come true and they'll bring it back. (laughs) I remember walking through uh, Mickey's house. That was pretty dope. You remember that? Hold on. Let me. I'm. I'm trying to. I remember the fridge being open and there was some shit flying out of it. <laughs> but let me. Let me look this up really fast, and get some. Get some reference. House. Well, it's it. Yeah, it's interesting. While you're looking that up, Nick, um, mm-hmm. what the way that you described it, it almost sounds like haunted mansion without like the haunted elements. Like, mm. like it stretches and it's like you know there's all these different crazy designs and you know that's kind of what it reminds me of. So I guess the best way that I could describe this to you is you know the feeling that you get because you've been on this more than once, and even if it was once you would still get the reference. But 
you know the feeling that you get when you ride the Dr. Seuss ride at Universal? Yeah. How it has like that wonky feel to it. It was it was that, but it was basically a walkthrough attraction. And it was just, I don't know, it's sort of like Nolan was saying, maybe it was because I was a kid and I just <laughs> nostalgia and whatnot. But, gee, I'm looking at these pictures right now and it's just transporting me back there. Um, I remember, especially you remember, um, what's it called? Uh, Mickey's Not So Scary. That was fun. They used to hand out candy in front of the, all the houses too. That was, that was a good time. Um, yeah. Nolan, you got any more thoughts on that? Uh, I'm good, but I mean, it's kind of wild. Um, they, they built also, um, besides the Little Mermaid, wasn't, um, the, uh, what's the, the roller coaster called? I forget. Um, Oh, uh, what's it called? The mine train? Isn't, oh, isn't that where that it's at? Or am I? Yeah, maybe, that no, that's up? that's where Snow White was. Oh, okay. White scary adventure. Gotcha. I hate that ride. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a segue, but honestly, I can't remember the next thing we're supposed <laughs> to talk about. Um, blanket here. Somebody rescue me. Alright, I got you. So, you, out of all people, you sent us a, um, article, I think it was early, or late in the week last week, and pretty much the article said that Disney World is gonna allocate up to 93% of ride capacity to the Lightning Lane. Alright? So, um, we've had many conversations, and Nick experienced it for himself, and, uh, I'm just curious to kinda hear his point of view first, and kind of go from there because he it's different when you actually experience it and kind of get a sense of what it's kind of like and how the facts numbers chip in so so i here's the one thing that i will say there's nothing worse than being in a line for what feels like ages right you get to the front and instead of the lady or the guy asking you how many in your party they put their freaking hand out they lock the chain (laughs) up and then yep. they open it for the, the fast pass lane and they let this freaking train of people ahead of you. <laughs> and you're just standing there twiddling your thumbs. So, I mean, I guess it, it here in the article it says that the ratio is normal operating procedure calls for a one to four ratio of standby guests to lightning lane guests. So that obviously that means for every one guest in the regular line, four going for the lightning lane. So this obviously amplifies as crowds get bigger and lines get longer um the one thing that i don't like about fast pass or lightning lanes or express lanes whatever the heck you want to call them is in a sense they do slow down the wait time or lengthen the wait time for standby guests because they're priority so regardless of how many people are in the standby they're allocating most of the flow to the lightning lane because you have that preferential treatment, quote unquote. So I think this is a really interesting that I could go on for fucking eons <laughs> about how to solve the issue of guest flow through a queue. Now, the pre-shows are obviously a big problem. Anytime you put a direct halt in the line for an X amount of minutes is a huge issue for backups and wait times. I've, I, with uh, Gringotts, they completely did away with it, and they just let people walk through now because I think they realize it's a problem. So I'm really interested to see an Epic Universe if we get pre-shows. Now, please, God, don't let that happen. 
But anyway, I feel like the lightning lane is great if you want to pay or can afford it. Because now, I mean, it was free before, so you could just hop in, grab a ticket, come back at that time and whatever. So now it's kind of like do you, if you don't want to pay, you're going to pay with your time in a sense. So you're paying either way. Um, I think it's kind of fucked up in a sense because I'm going in December, and I swear to God I'm – not looking forward to waiting at least an hour for everything. Um, but when I, when I saw this article, I was kind of dumbfounded by that percentage. 93% is – I don't know where they're getting that percentage from. I don't know if that's accurate or not or just some you know guy wrote it in the article just for a, a headline. But, um, but yeah, we've talked about the lightning lane at nauseum, so I'm not going to ask any questions on that. But, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean – it's interesting because I don't know if this is verified, but what it says was that there are three phases, and mm-hmm. essentially, like, it'll be based on how popular a ride is. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, phase one essentially means, like, that the lightning lane won't be that crowded, and they'll have the normal, you know, ratio of letting uh, one to four, you know, guests in, um, standby guests versus lightning lane guests. And so that would have the lowest amount of lightning um, guests. Phase two would elevate it and have like 22% of the uh, the ride capacity. So meaning people that are on the ride being from the lightning lane. And then a phase three would be like in a Harry Potter scenario, like the thing is so overwhelmingly popular and like everyone's paying for the lightning lane that like not anywhere from 75 to 93% of capacity will be devoted to the lightning line guests, lightning lane guests. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, does it make sense? No, no. But, but like, like when you no when does like, it make sense? Yes. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. I got you 100. Um, percent Nolan, I'm, what are your thoughts on this? I'm. I'm curious to know what you think. Uh, it's 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 hard for me because I haven't been there and haven't experienced it. You know, um, I think if I was paying for myself or maybe like a small group of people then it's not as bad as it seems you know but say for like a family where it's it's hard with money and stuff and so you have like a group of five to six and then like that's like 100 bucks at least 150 bucks a day that's an extra what like 600 for the whole trip if you're on four days you know then it gets a little like it's just it's just hard to think about you know but I mean, what I get it—it it, it honestly depends on when we go. Like Nick was talking about, holiday season—it's it's rough. It gets very crowded. Um, sometimes it doesn't get as cold as you think. Sometimes it's still hot, and it's very unbearable to be around all those people with the weather and just—it's a lot. Especially with Disney, you know, that's even more of a hassle because of just how many people they have through those gates every day during those times. So. Um, I'm just intrigued to kind of see where this goes for next year because, I mean, there's been rumors of how much money they've been going to be able to uh, get from this lightning pass. I think it's it was either like $8 million or $8 billion. It was some stupid number. I think it had to be $8 billion, I think, because $8 million sounds too low, but I forget. But, I mean, it just is 
as long as maybe they don't raise it, which they honestly could in like two to three years, and go, oh, like we offer even more now or raising this because so many people are using it. Um, so, I mean, I see pros and cons, you know, it's just one of those things where, um, just hopefully they don't kind of use it to their, um, detriment for their advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nolan, you made a great point just because they're making Disney inaccessible to families. Like they don't, you know, they're not taking into account the, the families that are saving you know, for years to go to a trip for, you know, to Disneyland with three kids and it, you know, that's making it very inaccessible for them to actually go because they're spending, you know, their, all their savings on this. Now you want them to fork over more money or they're going to be waiting for, you know, for every ride for hours. Um, that doesn't seem right to me. Um, on the other side, I mean, I know like when I was at Disney, like my main critique was that I was waiting so long in these lines and like I would a hundred percent paid to cut the lines. Um, but I mean, just, you know, from like that standpoint of like Disney should be for families and they're making it very hard for families to actually go. Well, I think it's interesting what you just said, Kyle, about being able to pay to cut the lines. So you pay for a lightning lane, uh, accessibility, you still have to get a time to enter the queue. So it's not like you can pay for it and just show up mm-hmm. whenever you want. Yeah. That's so a good let's point. say, let's say you buy it late in the day. You're like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of waiting in lines, but I want to go ride Haunted Mansion. But all the times for the rest of the night for Haunted Mansion are sold out. You're not riding that ride and you just spent the money for nothing. And you can't preview that mm-hmm. until you pay. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's just such a ridiculous concept that I think they should have thought more thoroughly through before they implemented it because all it's done is piss a lot of people off because it's just the honestly it's just price gouging at this point. Um but yeah, when when you guys go you, you yeah, fucking chapstick looking ass bitch. So <laughs> when you guys go um if you if you guys buy it, you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about and it's just it's kind of a headache, but yeah, it is what it, it is. It, is there any reason for them not to do it the way that Universal does and just have like a separate line for, you know, or anyone, if you have like the, the lightning lane, uh, you can just go on it and wait there and it's like a very shortened line? So the problem with, I mean, we've talked about this before. The problem with Disney is Disney is so freaking popular. They just, their ride, even the classic attractions like, uh, Oh my god, my brain is slow tonight. Um, Peter Pan. I don't care if you go in June, July, May, March, uh, leap year day. It, it, it's always 70 minutes or more. And mm-hmm. if you're going to start letting guests in whenever they want, it's just going to cause a ridiculous amount of backup. And there's so much. Honestly, we take a lot of things for granted with theme parks. But these poor people who work these lines – they get bitched at all, all freaking day. And it's a pretty stressful mm-hmm. job. Like you're getting, you know, you got to get guests flowing. You got to be nice to people at the Disney way. You got to smile. Like it, adding more stress onto them isn't what they really need. And I just think they're too big for their britches to do that. It's a great idea, but I just don't think it would work. 
I wish I wish they could just build hotels and you would get an express pass with your hotel and you right. use it when you want. But like every time we go to Universal and we stay at a hotel that has express pass, I go in the express lane and I just wonder if anybody's staying at the hotels because even when it's busy, I don't even wait. I wait five minutes, if that. Right. It's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like they have a chance with science where, like, they're able to do that. Um, mm. And, like, yeah, because, like, what, I guess what what's so surprising to me is, like, you would think that they would be big enough where they have so many rides that, like, most people, you know, again, I like, big rides would have huge weights, but, like, most rides wouldn't have them. But I, I do understand, like, there are so many people there that every ride would be crowded. I mean, Magic Kingdom on a non-busy day is every ride is like at least 40 minutes. It's just, it's nuts. They just have too many attractions that are so popular, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. I don't really, I can't really explain it. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know the science behind it and the reasoning, but everything is just, it's just Disney. That's the explanation. (laughs) Mm. All right. Back to the. I feel like we're gonna talk about the lightning lane every podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Kyle, yeah, um, what do you got for us? Okay, so um, we so there was an announcement um, this week that a bunch of um, a bunch of Disney employees, and it's rumored to be about two thousand, are moving from California to Florida. They're they're migrating them over and they're building a new campus. Um, and there's uh, the quote was something like they're going to like a more business friendly park, which was like, I guess, you know, now Florida has like less restrictions for covid. So like they're getting more business than California is what I would guess. Um, but now there's going to be a huge influx of people coming, you know, workers coming to Disney in Florida. This is this is a really interesting uh, move. Um, it's a smart business decision, I guess. Um, but it, it says in here, it says it's not just the employees; it's the employees, their families, extended families. So mm. I don't know. I mean, it's fair part, fair part. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's facts. That they, I'm, I, I remember. All right, no, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Forget that. Um, I, I just feel like California has, especially with COVID, they just restricted themselves so much that Florida has become obviously the more enticing park to go to now. Are they moving these people willingly, do you know, or are they just basically saying, hey, listen, uh, Billy, you got to get on a plane and go, or what? Um, let's see if it says – I mean – Shake my head, Billy. Um, <laughs> jobs uh, – so it'll be relocated, okay. Um, so it's not – okay. Uh, I don't see anything like them saying, like, we're going to force them or it's their choice. Um, so I really don't know, to be honest. Okay, so there's a really interesting, uh, little segment here. It says the median price of a home is far below that of California, sitting at 318000 for Florida and almost a million dollars in California. So, obviously, you know, California gas prices are high everywhere right now, but there's certain cities in California where it's literally almost $8 a gallon. 
Um, I would just ride my bike or walk everywhere because fuck that. Um, it's one of those things where, what the fuck, what do you, uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, that is not what we're talking about, fam. Holy <laughs> hellfire. <laughs> uh, folks, we're going to talk about this at another date. Um, God damn it, I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. My train of thought has been <laughs> shifted sideways. Yeah. Um, Oh, here we go. So it says uh, a great deal of uh, Disney employees are contacting me to make that move. Um, even as, as crazy as the housing market is, it's still a lot less expensive than their housing market in California. So basically, I mean, if you're moving for affordability, that makes a lot a lot of sense. You're staying with a Disney company. You're being able to, you know, go to a bigger park. Probably there's, there's more options there for growth and whatnot. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, this is kind yeah, of loud. At the very bottom of the article, it says California's population fell by more than almost 200,000 residents in 2020 thanks to uh, fucking taxes. That is insane. Yeah, it's honestly wild, like, how much Orlando is, like, just, like, killing it in the past couple of years. You know, like, it's crazy for us because we live so close. But uh, just, like, compared to, like, even at Kyle, you know, like, he views Orlando like a as it, it's like a huge major city, you know, because it's just the theme parks right. and Disney and Universal. And I mean, based off what they've been trying to do in the city, I know they're building a lot of different things. They have the new Epic Universe. They have so many other things that they're planning to do. It could be a, a huge major city in the next like 25 or so years. And I think for them to kind of maybe just put all their chips into the Orlando park. Because I know, obviously, the other parks in California wouldn't be, like, just banished. But, I mean, you, I think that's that's the best bet. And I think, especially with COVID and with money and all of that, I think that's probably what they're thinking as well. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that. So, um, it, it just puts things into perspective, though, how... Like, even though there's hyperinflation right now, it, based on, I guess, your geographical choice, especially in the United States, like, taxes vary so heavily from state to state. Um, it's it's a, a big deal because it, I think it's really funny, too, how both coasts have similar – uh ideas and wants and whatnot but what you could build a ride for here and build a ride for there <laughs> you're getting more bang for your buck here it's just it's so strange the times we're in right now fuck you bob Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so last but not least the uh the best part of the show the history portion and uh we actually have a very very important uh question slash uh event for not today but tomorrow november what is it uh, november 18th so um it's someone's birthday tomorrow me and i mean happy I mean, birthday <laughs> <laughs> and uh i don't know how to kind of give hints i can slowly give them because it's a big figure slash thing so um uh, wait, wait, wait! Hold on, hold on, hold on! You go gotta, you gotta, you gotta back up for one second. So we're guessing somebody's birthday, a, a, a mm -hmm. Disney figure. 
Can be of anyone. I'll just say that. So it could be uh, anyone from Disney, Disney or Universal? Disney, yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. Is it... Is it <laughs> no, no. You guys can ask questions, and then I can, like, narrow um, it down. Is it an actor? No. Is he dead? Is he or she dead? Uh, no. Is it an actor? Oh. No. Yeah. Is it a, a guy or a girl? A uh, guy. It's uh, Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> no, no. Fuck. Was, um, okay. Well, is it... So you said <laughs> it's not an actor. So was it someone who helped create a ride? No. Wait, wait, wait. Is it even a person? No. Is, is it a ride? No, no. Is it a show? No. Is it a is character? It an ogre? Yes. Shrek. Yes, what Kyle said. No, it's not Shrek. Oh. Okay. It's a character. Uh, no, not a Kermit. Good guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. So wait. So you're saying his birthday yeah. was based on his creation, like the day he was made? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you could say that. Uh. <laughs> y'all gotta is hate it an so animal? Much. Uh. E.T. Kind of? <laughs> no, it's not E.T. Um, an animal. Um, it, don't. It's the animals loosely. Okay. Okay. So it's Miss Piggy. Piggy. Oh, that's kind no, of a, no. Uh, I'm thinking Universal. Does it have to do with Universal? Disney. No. Dis. Oh, so it's Disney. Disney. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. That means it's definitely uh, Figment. No. That means it's definitely gotta be. Uh, which park? Which park is it tied to? Which park is it tied to? Uh, all of them. Oh, Mickey. Fucking Mickey. What the fuck? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> all right. So here. Here's a here's a fun fact. So originally, when Walt, uh, I don't know, was Walt the guy? No, I think it was was it Ub Iwerks who originally created Mickey and he stole it from him. I don't remember. So when he was coming up for the uh, name with Mickey, oh, you know, do you know yeah. off the top of your head? Yeah, Walt and uh, Up or Ub. Okay. So yeah, that's a weird ass name. So when <laughs> they were coming up with a name for him, originally he was going to be called Mortimer Mouse. And Walt's <laughs> wife, Lillian, was like, bro, the, what is what the fuck is Mortimer? She's like, is it any cuter than that? So she came up with Mickey, and obviously Mickey stuck, and the rest is history. But there's um, – I don't have, have it in front of me right now, so I can't rattle it off. But next podcast, I'm going to do a quiz with you guys, and we're going to guess the uh, original names of uh, the main characters for, for Disney. Oh, Donald and cool. Goofy. So. Damien Duck. Damien Duck. <laughs> 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 but it's funny because uh, all, 
Oswald, the, the, the rabbit, was originally owned by Universal. There's a fun fact for you. Who is the owned by guys... Universal? Uh, Wait, the rabbit? You... Oswald the rabbit? Oh. I don't think I know do you guys. Do you guys know where, what cartoon? I, I'd assume what, what you guys know what cartoon it was first, he was first in? You talking about Mickey, Steamboat Willie? Yeah, yeah. So, do you guys know what state Steamboat Willie premiered in? Um, in 1928. Okay. It's either Illinois. It's either Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi. Where the fuck was he from? Um... It's not, it's obviously not California, right? It's not Cali. Um. Massachusetts. Nope. Don't tell me it was Florida. Nope. Okay. Um. Mm, it's not Missouri? Nope. Texas? What the fuck would it be Texas? Nope. <laughs> New York. Uh, was it New York? Yep. Oh, look at that. I was going to yeah. say that, but then I'm like, no way. There's not a chance. Yeah, they uh, premiered in Broadway. For, wow. Uh, I believe it was like a preview of before a, uh, a feature film, yeah. Mm. So, kind of cool. wild. So, 1928, so I think, what, 993? Tomorrow? 93? Something like that. Nine, eight. Am I making things uh, up? Uh, you said what? Twenty three. Twenty eight. Twenty oh twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety three. That's wild. Dusty ass mouse. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to see yeah. something. Look up the original merchandise that they came out with. They came out with plush toys of Mickey Mouse, bro. They're so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But it's honestly crazy, like, how much really hasn't changed since then, you know? Like, people could easily transform them into, like, a different sort of look, like, a more enhanced, you know? Like, there's different things that they've done to them, but, I mean, it looks pretty much the same as it did back in, like, the... Uh, late 20s, which is wild. It's also crazy to think. You say the 20s. We think, like, that's forever ago, but that's so recent. (laughs) It's so crazy how quickly things have grown and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, like, even, like, look at Disney. Just 50 years. 50 years, exactly. (laughs) We're just getting started. (laughs) Well, maybe not with Boston (laughs) Tech. <laughs> yeah, you were ending. <laughs> getting started with the stops here, baby. <laughs> nah, we're just getting started with that chapstick. Love that guy. <laughs> uh, do you guys got uh, anything else? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so either. Uh, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, so uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening. Um, as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever at a uh, for your amusement or for your amusement podcast. Also, wherever you listen to us on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else, make sure you subscribe. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.